Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. Today it is me, Sarah, here with Shelby. Hello. And Jennifer. Hey. And Jennifer is going to tell you a very exciting story. I am. That has to do with Jack Black. Kind of. I mean, sort of, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Oh, a little I'm bit. already very excited. Uh-huh. There you go. Cool. So my opener question, I guess, is is an opinion question, I guess. And that is, do you think anybody is capable of murder? Or do you think it takes a certain type of person? I think anybody is capable of murder. I'm I'm kind of at the same camp on that one. I think that anybody is capable of it. I think it, again, it, it kind of depends on... At what point you could do it, mm-hmm. whether it's self-defense or defending your family yeah. or because you like the taste. I mean, I don't really. <laughs> That's the difference yeah. in people. Yeah. But I think anybody can and would do it given the, cer- the right set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've thought murder through a lot and I like to talk a big game, but at the end of the day. <laughs> Like, I'm actually a pretty empathetic person, and I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. So, like, it takes a lot for me to even think that I would be able to kill someone. But at the same time, like, a kid bit my kid before we realized how much of a biter my kid was, and she was probably asking for it. Right. And I about lost my shit. I almost fought that kid for you, too. I know. <laughs> We're all very protective of life around here. It's like, how dare that fucking kid she got ever her face bite bit. her? I, mean, but I, then, I like, like your kid. We're not fighting a toddler over her. Well, I mean, yeah. That's understandable. But she got her face bit really bad. Remember when her eye was also alive? Yeah. It was horrible. And then I realized, like, Eliza is also a biter. And it, she almost got kicked out of daycare for her biting tendencies. So, like, now I'm just glad if somebody else bites her and she doesn't bite somebody. So... Basically, that's me saying, if you hurt my kid, I'll probably fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. I just leave the house every morning and look at myself in the mirror before I go and say, you might have to kill somebody today, and that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. Shootings? Like, uh, that's one of my, like... It's high up there on my list. It's scary. Of fears? Of fears. fears. I think you meant, like, fetishes. Of things I'm scared of. No. Fetishes? I don't get turned on by violence. Hyperviolence? Have you seen Kingsman? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so again, gradient scale. (laughs) Everybody's got a thing. Exactly. Well, I honestly do feel like anybody could probably do it. It just depends on what they're pushed to do, you know? Like, some anybody could be pushed to violence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes things go too far, and you might die. It's kind of like, I only bring this up because Westworld's finale was recently, although it won't be that recently by the time you guys listen to this episode. And, like, every host is given a cornerstone. And that cornerstone is, like, their main motivation. And I feel like that could be a trigger for really anything. Like, for me, it's probably, like, I guess my kid. Like, she's pretty cool. I really love her. (laughs) You don't seem very excited about that. I don't like admitting that. Yeah. Like, as a feminist woman. That you love her or that you would kill for her? That both? Like, that she's, like, the the block of which my house stands on. My house of emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up. I was... 
Assuming I'm not actually building a house on her. That'd be weird. That would be a little strange. I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, like I think that that, that guiding principle in a person could really affect their willingness to do violence, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So eerily similar to the show as well. Okay. Watch Westworld. It's really good. I've never seen it. Well, I watched one episode and I couldn't get past it. So because it was just too much. <sighs> Jennifer doesn't like things. I like plenty of things, but I don't like Westworld. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for that. I just couldn't get past that one episode. And I tried like three times <laughs> to oh, get yeah. past the one episode and I could not. Maybe she's you should ma- go to the second episode. She's making a pretty solid case for me watching this show. It's really fucking good. It's so good. My brain hurts after. That doesn't sound nice, though. I don't... Do, do I don't... any toddlers fight to the death? <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you're looking at toddler Does age. anyone fight a toddler? I mean, a small person like my child? No. No longer interested. <laughs> 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 Jennifer, get to your dang story. Okay, guys. We're going to talk about Bernie TD. Have, cool. Does that ring a bell? Yes. I know it rings a bell for you. Okay. I under- yes. I'm very excited. Okay. So he Color has a- me interested. <laughs> this whole thing is about him being super nice. And then the, his relationship with this old lady that's In 40 Jesus. years his, his senior. Hot. I know, right? She's played by Shirley MacLaine in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their weird relationship that just ended in disaster i guess yep all right so bernie td moved to carthage which is a small town in east texas in 1985 and took a job as an assistant funeral director like you do i think i'd be a really good funeral you director. think so yeah i do i've been recently wondering if i if i should have picked a different career do you want to start a funeral home i'm like really good <laughs> like, with people like you a, are like a licensed funeral home or because <laughs> that shit's expensive we need to find an angel investor. If you're an angel investor interested in opening a funeral home with us, email us. That's such a weird come. <laughs> anyway, so Bernie quickly built up a reputation and was widely loved by his community. He was compassionate, had a fantastic singing voice, mm-hmm. and was at ease delivering a eulogy. He's so, played by Jack Black. Yeah. In your mind. <laughs> exactly. Right, which is just fascinating to me that that's... Not that Jack Black doesn't have a good singing voice, but that's not what I first think of when I think good singing voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was pretty good in the movie. The movie's really great. Yeah. We'll I've, have a viewing party. Movie, but. So anyway, T.D. was a constant presence in his community. He was involved with a lot of things, church groups, and he was always involved with, like, plays and all those little Cultural community. events. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so he gave all that he could to the people he loved, and everyone just loved him. So no one who lived in Carthage ever had an ill word um, when it came to T.D. and was most popular with the older ladies in town. Mostly because he is an assistant funeral director. Their husbands pass. He does such a great funeral for them. Well, and just... Then they fall in love. Someone having... Giving them attention. You know what I mean? Like, once a woman gets to a certain age, like, if someone pays attention to you in, like, a, oh, not a nice, sweet granny type way, it's really great. I get it. So, (laughs) just saying. Continue. Sorry, Jennifer. So, he also admittedly shot his friend and traveling companion four times in the back and stuffed her body into a deep freeze. Oh, Wow, this Ta-da! took a rapid turn. Yeah. <laughs> and it was for nine months. He had that body in the deep freeze for in, nine months. In her deep freeze. In her deep freeze. It wasn't even his deep freeze. 
was he living with at her. her house? No. Oh, I thought he was. No, he was still living in his, like, house, but he was coming over to her house. Oh, often. gotcha. Okay. But anyway. I'll let Jennifer tell the story. But all during that nine months, he was just doing his normal thing in his community, still very involved, very happy. Anyway. So Bernie says that he snapped November 19th, 1996, because of the abuse he suffered from the 81-year-old Marjorie Nugent, a widow and the richest woman in town. In Carthage, Texas. Yeah. Right. What, what's the population of Carthage, Texas, out of curiosity? Do you have that handy? I don't have that handy. That's fine. Carry on. I'll get there. Okay. TD says he shot Nugent with a twenty-two caliber rifle she taught him to use to get rid of armadillos in her yard. He also said the crime <laughs> still haunts him God damn it, today. Texas. <laughs> I know. He was traumatized by the fact that she even asked him to shoot those armadillos. So, traumatized. So, traumatized. So, which caused him to shoot her. Maybe. I think it was a part of it. So here's a quote from him. He says, I did something horrible and I regret that every day for the rest of my life. If they gave me 3,000 years in here, they would never take that away from me. Margie comes and talks to me all the time at night when I'm asleep. And I'm telling you, I have to live with that for the rest of my life. 6,756. Holy fuck. That's smaller than the town I grew up in. Yeah, that's pretty tiny. That's what I figured. I didn't. I didn't think it was that big. Anyway, interesting. So, ghost conversations with your murder victim. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So the man who prosecuted TD for murder doesn't buy that explanation. He paints a more sinister picture, which is the case he said is more about greed and betrayal. And we all know that love of money is the root of all evil. Money. I mean, money is the is root of all though? evil. I feel like people who say that money is the root of all evil have never been really poor. There are also people that would kill people for money. That's true. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Okay. So here's some background Introspection on... with Shelby and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, da, da, yeah da, da, I don't want to get into the whole white trash killing for money thing or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, I again, we, we talked about can anybody kill or whatever. Yeah, they can, but that's definitely not a motivator for me. Like, I can I can be pretty broke and still not murder somebody for money. Yeah. That's true. I've been there. Not done that. <laughs> been, been there where somebody was like, hey, man, 500 bucks, kill this guy. And you're like, <laughs> I don't think so, man. Nah, I'll pass. So TD became friends with the new gents, Marjorie and Rod. Rod balanced his wife's behavior, TD said, which people described as difficult. I put that in quotes. <laughs> difficult? As a, as a difficult woman, I'm offended. Yeah, I know, right? It says Rod was just a wonderful man. He was kind and he would keep his finger on her. That sounds dirty. I know, right? Uh, On, not in. Oh. (laughs) And when he did that, things were okay. Tomato, tomato, Shelby. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) But after Rod died, Marjorie and TD grew closer after the funeral, and he was being a lot nicer to her after the funeral happened. Mm -hmm. But he provided her companionship, and the wealthy widow offered him a first-class view of the world. Ooh. She's very rich. Whenever Rod died in 1990, Marjorie wanted to travel, so Bernie and her just traveled the world together. Oh, wow. You know. And so he murdered her in 96, so they were together for three years, or six years-ish? Yes. That's a lot of traveling. Yes, they traveled for around six years. Did they come home in between there at all? Or Yeah, I mean, they just, like, 
went on a lot of different adventures and right, then would they come back. On, on a, a vacation, bunch of vacations come back, and stuff. On vacation, come back. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It would. I would hang out with an old lady. To do that? To do that. What if she is a bitchy old lady? Let's be real. There was a sexual component to this, too. Oh, probably. I think she was in how love much, with him. How much money are we talking about? She had like $10 million, I, I mean, think. I mean, Carthage, Texas money. To travel around the world, I don't have to work. I could do that. Bang an old lady for $10 million? Yeah. Well, in very very small increments. Yeah. They never said that they banged, but I people... never said I never said that they didn't. So, <laughs> But people, th- I mean, he did say later on, and I might be spoiling stuff, but he did say later on that he was actually gay. Mm-hmm. But everyone felt that she was infatuated with this guy. He was so nice to her. So that she kind of like fell in love, eventually yeah. at least. So she wanted the bang. Also, after I banged an 80-year-old woman, I'd probably also be gay. <laughs> Shelby! Aww. That's rude. I'm sorry to any 80-year-old women that have figured out how to use Stitcher. My grandma listens to us. That's a lie. She doesn't. <laughs> I, just, I may have downloaded it and subscribed my, for her. Mine does, oh, too. Geez. Just joking. She's dead. Oh, my God. Okay, so Marjorie apparently found some happiness with travel in her travel companion. She asked Titi to leave the funeral home and work full-time for her to manage her affairs and, and accompany her whenever she wanted, wherever she wanted to go. She took her family, from whom she was estranged, out of her will and named Titi her sole beneficiary. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd be pissed. I guess she was... I mean, she got in fights with her family, I think, quite often. Yeah. So. They were only really talking. And I talking. feel like at $10 million, there's probably trust money out there for her family, regardless of whether or not they're in her will. I think they're going to be fine, whether... Yeah. They, yeah, even if she cut them out of, like, the biggest chunk of it or whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. But. Oh, apparently some people actually warned Marjorie about T.D. and his... Just his intentions, I guess. Philandering ways. So they kept saying that he was too young and then he was up to no good. Um, but she just enjoyed his company, and he was tall, dark, and handsome, and smooth. Had a great singing voice. Jack you Black. Well, played by Jack Black. Played by Jack Black. And, and honestly, <laughs> in in the defense of this guy who they were bad-mouthing, I mean, it's really easy to say that after the fact. Yeah. But at the time, it's like, yeah, it's it's an older woman and a younger dude. People are going to say that about literally anybody. Mm-hmm. Look at Ashton Kusher and what's-her-face, Demi Moore. Demi Moore, yeah. I don't really care about any of that, but I'm just saying, like, in general, you see older women and younger dudes together, and you're just like, oh, he's just in it for the money. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, probably, but you don't know that for a fact. That's that's literally every old, young relationship. Everybody has those same concerns. Mm-hmm. Valid. This one just happened to end in a freezer. <laughs> a deep freeze, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so people also warn Titi about Marjorie, because Marjorie is known in the community as, like, this old bitch, essentially. This she, old bitch. This, this old bitch. This old Poorly bitch. of the dead, dead, Jennifer. I'm just saying, that's essentially what they were saying, is she, that she's an old, like, she, really she, grumpy old lady. Right, she was an old bitch in life. It's yeah, fine. exactly. She can also be one in death. They'd say it to a face. But he, uh, his boss specifically warned him, and was like, do you want to do this full time? Because he was doing part time with the funeral home now, since mm-hmm. he was going to be employed by marjorie now and he was like are you sure you want to do this she's crazy but apparently nugent's behavior got progressively worse she had her quirks and her ways and her attitudes but 
when they were around other people, it was like berating kind of thing. Oh, so like that's, verbally abusive. Yeah. And are, she, are we talking like employer-employee relationship or like old married couple berating? I think it was, according to like the movie, which is what I'm kind of going off of because I didn't really elaborate on this. Sure. But it seemed like it was, hey, why didn't you give me the pills that I'm supposed to take, you know, before I eat? And you know, really silly things, or like, why have, why aren't you here now? Whenever like, you have something else to do, why aren't you here right, right okay. now? Honestly, it felt more like an old married couple, like yeah, like the the caretaker relationship, where a lot of times it's like the younger woman taking care of the older man yeah. type, than really like employee employer. You know what I mean? Okay, that, I, I was just kind of curious about that to see what kind of things they were actually arguing about in these situations. Yeah, and she was just like really demanding. You know, yeah. I mean, she's eighty years old. Like she, she needs a decent somebody to take care of her. Right, you're eighty. You've earned it. Yeah, be demanding. Yeah, you do, you, babe. But apparently, his uh, part time work at the funeral home and his volunteer work in his community and his friendships aggravated Nugent because she was getting less and less time of from him, mm-hmm. essentially. But it made it difficult to have time away from her, and I mean, he just couldn't really have any friends. He had to go from his house to her house in the mornings to fix her coffee, talk about her clothes and do everything essentially. Wow. But she, he couldn't have a life and that's why she wanted him to leave the funeral home. And sometimes during the day she would page him 40 or 50 times. And if he didn't answer her page, he would go or he would have to leave in the middle of a funeral service. Oh shit. And it was just really bad apparently. Yeah. But for several nights, Nugent had T.D. clear out the armadillos, like we mentioned before, from the garden and flower beds. Um, And the late night hunts were where the widow, ironically, taught T.D. how to shoot. You hunt armadillos at night? Apparently. Oh, because they spotlight them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Don't they come out more at night? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I just think it's fun that this 80-year-old woman is running around chasing armadillos with Jack Black. Yeah, it's, I know it's not really Jack Black or whatever, but like that's what I'm imagining. It's now. Shirley MacLaine and Jack Black doing this, right? Also, Matthew McConaughey comes into play too. Yeah, of he, does. he does. Yep, it's great. It's a good movie. But one evening, TD said he had had enough and tried to end his relationship with Nugent. And he says, "In quote, I brought her back. Sorry, I brought her back everything she had given to me. I gave her a garage door opener back, and I said, here, I can't handle this anymore. She was crying." And he got in the car, it was midnight, and he drove to the gate. By the time he got to the gate, she had locked that gate on him, and she wouldn't let him out. So he had to go back to the house and talk to her again. And she was crying and saying, don't leave me, you can't leave me, you're my only friend. That's so sad. It is sad. I wasn't thinking immediately that it was like a a remote lock gate. I thought this old woman was hauling dick down this... She's and rich, was, though. Of course she has a right, remote lug gate. Right. Or she's got a really fast golf cart or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. But, but I was just like, I'm, I'm imagining her standing there next to the padlock, and then it's like he had to go back to the house to talk to her, and it was like, well, she just hopped back on the golf cart and took off back the other way or something. In my head, that's what happened. Ah. Uh, no, it's not like that. Sounds like that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never been rich. I don't know what the fuck a remote lock <laughs> gate is. I barely know what a golf cart is. Yeah. Aww. Golf carts are fun. I've never ridden in one. Ever? No. I don't go go golfing. Field trip. Field trip. Yeah. Anyway, the crime, guys. Oh, sorry. The crime. Speculation and accounts differ greatly on what led T.D. to shoot Nugent in the back. 
So he describes the murder in vague terms with a sense of curiosity. So essentially, he just doesn't understand why he would ever kill somebody, which just seems odd to say after mm-hmm. you kill somebody. Black outrages, man. I guess. But he says, it was like I stepped out of myself just for a minute. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. Thinking about how I thought in that moment, I can't even go back to it. I don't know what even caused that. It's hard to describe because it's just so weird. Yeah. I think he was just in sh- like he in was just shock. so mad, and then he was in shock afterwards. But I don't where know. did she keep this armadillo gun? Like that it's it was so easily re- available that he could be like, "I'm so enraged, I'm gonna shoot you with this armadillo it's gun." Probably by the back door or something. I guess well, that's true. He shot her in her garage. Oh, it's probably by the garage so door. So they were leaving, probably. I think, to go somewhere, and then he picked up the gun. He was behind her. And he shot her in the back four times. And she fell to the ground. The fact that she was shot in the back, though. I know. It's real shitty, isn't it? It's pretty fucking shitty. Jack Black. So Davidson, who is the district attorney, Matthew McConaughey, uh-huh. obviously. Because he plays so many lawyers. What is with that? He's just... He's Lincoln lawyer. Yeah. A time to kill like this. I would let That's him weird. lawyer me. It's fine. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he says he believed Nugent found out that T.D. had been ripping her off and confronted him. The speculation is she had called for a meeting at the bank to figure out what exactly was going on, and he shot her on the way to her car to cover his tracks. Davidson said, I think Mrs. Nugent may have found out out that scheme was going on. He killed her, and he thought, my gosh, what can I do? I'll just put her in the freezer and deal with it later. Hmm. Later meaning he's never going to deal with it. Nine months later. Yeah. Exactly. Also, TD's attorney is named Clifton Scrappy Holmes. <laughs> you probably should have called around for a different attorney. Maybe don't just go with Scrappy, Scrappy. out of the phone book or whatever. <laughs> but he doesn't believe Davidson's theory. Um, there was not a malicious bone in TD's body. That's at least what the attorney believes. Which, I mean, you're supposed to have your client's back. Yeah. So. Probably left it in hers. Oh, Shelby. I was like, wah, wait, wah. is that where he went with this? Having sex with old ladies joke, yes. It's better than having sex with dead old ladies jokes. He had nine months. Ew. Ew. <laughs> so cold. Crack so cold. cold. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So, T.D. said he clearly remembers his, his reactions to the murder and how he felt as he realized what he had done. I panicked. I saw her lying on the floor, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? But then T.D.'s experience with the funeral home kind of kicked in, and he was like, hey, you know what you do with dead bodies to preserve them? You put them in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> you make them cold. It's called freezer burn, yo. So People that's are going to know. So that's what he did. Is that... Funeral director intention kicking or like <laughs> intuition kicking That's in what because it's making it seem like is that he took his experience at the funeral home and was was like, hey, this is what I need to do. And there's a deep if, freeze right there. If so, you don't know that freezing meat keeps it from spoiling, I don't know what the fuck to do with you. That's not that's true. That, that's not funeral home one hundred and one. That's just being alive. So was he a funeral director or was he a mortician? Well, he was the assistant funeral director. So he has nothing to do with the mortuary work. You have to pass a separate licensing. I don't know that I would be a good mortician. I would be a good funeral director. That's where I come in. True. Okay, perfect. He would deal with the dead bodies. Again, venture capitalists out there. Angel investors. Anyway, so the night of the shooting, TD rehearsed for an upcoming production with the theater department at Panola College. 
and for the next nine months, he returned to his routine, blocking out the crime and continuing with his life. Like, nothing happened. What the fuck? So, like, he killed her and then went to the play? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I know, right? Okay. Like, nothing happened. He's got a schedule to keep, man. I yeah, know. He's a busy man. That's true. Very involved with the community. Yeah, everybody loves him. But T.D. no longer needed to answer to Nugent about how he spent his time or her money. So, some estimates indicated he spent as much as $3 million of her estimated $10 million. Holy shit. So, he was... But he... A lot of people thought it was more like Robin Hood in a way. Like, he was giving to the poor. He was giving to the churches. he, like, paid he for was, brand new band uniforms. He paid yeah. for a lot of... Like, he gave a like lot, a lot of, of money community away. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he paid for scholarships. You know, he sent people to college. Stuff like that. So. Well, on top of that, I feel like... You know, a lot of people that, that murder for money, and this is just in, in all the stuff that I've read anyway, they sometimes have that Robin Hood complex where it's like, I suffered for this. Mm-hmm. This is mine now. You know, I I put, I put went through the shit necessary to get to this point where I have this money now. Yeah. And I feel like at that point they don't really have any regrets what they do with it. Especially if they're helping somebody else. That's, that's even better, I guess, in their mind. Because yeah. then it's not like they're being selfish with it. But anyway. True. Sorry to digress, but. T.D. said people's lack of interest in Nugent's whereabouts made it easier for him to forget about the murder. I guess people, since no, not many people liked her. Or, she was kind of reclusive, too. Yeah. She didn't like people that much. So no one really asked him. Right. No at one least was, at first. No one was really asking, probably. And if they did, it was just like, hey, how is she? And he's like, fine. Just well, and her kid. On. Like, she had a son, right? She had kids. I don't remember. I just remember the granddaughter was the one that came in with the cops okay. later. Like, they didn't even ask, like question it at first. Like, they, she yeah. wasn't close to them at all. Like, Right. Yeah. Be nice to your family. Don't be a dick to your community so people will ask where you are when you get shot with an armadillo gun, you guys. But eventually, people asked about her. Mm-hmm. After nine months or so. But what was weird about it is that people always came up to TD because he was with her all the time. Mm-hmm. So he was, she, he was being asked all the time about where she was, how she was doing, why they haven't seen her in a while. And he would just give different stories to different people. And then it just never added up. Yeah. It was always different. Like, Oh, she suffered a stroke. She's in a nursing home or, Oh, she's not feeling well. She's at home, you know, recovering mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So, People started looking into it. So David Jeter, who is the lead investigator in the case, said a confidential informant made him aware Nugent might be missing. When talking to TD, the informant claimed he tripped up when explaining Nugent's whereabouts. And then Nugent's family filed a missing persons report and came to Carthage to look for her. The police were able to get a search warrant on the house, and after searching the garage, they noticed the deep freeze was taped shut. Which seems very odd. Was she trying to get out? Why would you tape it shut? I don't really know. That doesn't make any sense. It's not an old mortician's trick, you guys. I'm curious if he hadn't taped it shut, if they would have even looked inside. I don't know. I mean... Maybe, maybe not. That's a pretty obvious one. You think so? It's it's a big coffin-sized refrigerator. It's a good place to look. That's true. I used to hide in the deep so. freeze back at the farm when I was a kid. Like, I thought it was super fun until somebody informed me that, like, there's no oxygen in there. <laughs> so it turns out that's whenever I discovered that I enjoyed getting high. Oh, jeez. Because if you deprive yourself of oxygen for long enough. You get real giggly. There yeah, you go. You 
Mm. I was five. I was giggly anyway, but I mean, just accentuated situation. Obviously, it didn't work out so well for her, though. Yeah. So, obviously, they found her body under some other frozen foods, you know. The Schwann's man had been recently. Right. Tito's pizzas. Yeah. Because he can't put it on the top. He can't put her body on the top of the freezer. No, it has to be at the bottom. Yeah. Or, like, at least underneath, like, a layer of frozen foods. When you put it on top of the food, then you don't really want to eat the food. And it's really hard to get it out, too. That's true. You got to hoist this old lady out of there every time you want a pizza. I know. That's stupid. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't his house. It was her house, and he wasn't living there. I figured he was at least stopping by a lot, though. Just Maybe. to get appearances. Yeah. Probably. I, also, I think if he would have stopped going there entirely, that would have set off a bunch of red flags. So what is he thinking? That he's going to, like, fake her death in the future? Like, I don't think he keeping, has a plan. He's keeping the, the corpse so that he can use it later? Well, obviously, she went to get a pizza out of the freezer and she fell in. And then she shot herself in the <laughs> with back the four arma- times. With the armadillo gun. And <laughs> yeah. as she was falling all foot and a half into this freezer, it went off four times into her back. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Oh, nope. Armadillos came back. That was the <gasps> thing. Armadillos found vengeance. Yeah. Oh. Like, you killed my family. How dare you? Right. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Exactly. Right. I'm, I'm just imagining him, a, uh, an armadillo in the garden just like, Maria! <laughs> I'm going to take this old bitch down. Aww. But first I need thumbs I need to operate the armadillo gun. Do you need a thumb to operate an ar- armadillo gun? No, but it'd be pretty hard if you couldn't grasp the back of the gun with something. Oh, that's true. That's me holding it with my toes. I've seen people do... Stuff with guns and toes before, but... Once the body was found, the Carthage police sent officers to find T.D. and bring him into the station, because he was the number one suspect. He saw her all the time. He was making made-up stories up, obviously. Uh Uh-huh. So, during the interrogation, Jeter, who was the lead investigator, called out T.D. on apparent lies involving kidnappings and threats and conspiracies. Shortly after, T.D. came clean about the murder. So, he thought she... He kidnapped her? Yeah. I mean... Or she was kidnapped. Oh, okay. oh that was like something that he, he had. Her. Was that something that he had told one of somebody? Lies. Oh, what the, what fuck? the fuck? That's a dumb one. I know. Maybe he was trying to lay the plot for the armadillos trying to shoot her. <laughs> right, yeah. obviously. He took, she was taken back to their colony. They kidnapped <laughs> But at first, Jeter didn't believe the confession because T.D. wasn't the type of man you would ever think would harm anyone, let alone kill anybody. Hmm. So, well, what the fuck did he think would happen then? If he's like, I killed her, he's like, I don't really believe you because you're too nice, but something happened here. I don't, I don't think really so. Know. Back to the armadillo thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he needed more convincing than the conf- that the confession was not a lie, which seems so fucking weird. That yeah. Is weird. Cops are always like, okay, give me a confession, let's go. Let's do this. This thing. is it. Come on, punk. And then you're finally like, nah, no, nah, I did. And they're like, cool. But this time. He just walks in and he's like, yeah, I, I killed the shit out of her. I killed the shit out no, of her? No, you didn't. Oh, Bernie. That's silly. But Jeter said when he finally told the truth, he was completely honest about it. But as far as her driving him insane to do it, I guess. So that, so there was a duress portion of this then where it's like. Well, that's, she, what, that's his claim is that, you know, she, she drove, drove him, crazy. him crazy. Right. But his his idea was why didn't he just walk away? Why didn't he just leave her? It's not like yeah. they were married. We, they weren't family. Well, and then after he kills her and then spends a bunch of her money, that doesn't look great either. Yeah. But then they also said, but he couldn't do that because he had come to enjoy the lifestyle from all that money. That's under... I mean, so that's it's not understandable, also, yeah. but it's believable. Sure, that makes more sense than 
most anything else, I would think. That yeah. there, I mean, there is a monetary component to this. The guy was her sole benefactor, so mm-hmm. he just got tired of waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So adding another bizarre turn on an already bizarre case came the unexpected public reaction to T.D.'s arrest. There are a lot of people that who are outraged, but instead of being outraged by the fact that T.D. Com- committed the crime, they thought that the police had picked him out. And that they couldn't believe that T.D. would have that done they that. Were, they were just picking on him? Yeah, essentially. Oh, what the fuck? I know! So what happens when you're a sweet person, you guys? Yeah, apparently. Well, I'm in the, I'm in the clear then, I guess. I don't know. I'm not. I know you're not. Hmm. Anyway, the district attorney, Davidson, and Jeter faced questions from people who thought T.D. couldn't be charged. Elderly women circled the block in protest. What? All these elderly women just like, <laughs> hell know. no, he can't go. But then they had, hell no. They had free Bernie signs, just like. Aw, that's they, funny. They were literally hoping that he'd come and take care of them next, I feel. Yeah, yeah. maybe. He was it's very like, adorable. I don't even have an armadillo gun. He can't hurt me. <laughs> But the feelings were so pro-TD in Carthage that the district attorney made the unusual move of calling for a change of venue. So normally, the change of venue is because they couldn't, or it, it's it's from the... It's because they can't find an impartial jury in yeah, all the cases. It, but it's not, it's not normally the prosecution, it's the... Defense. It's like, hey, they're not going to get a fair trial. The defense is like, let's fucking stay here. (laughs) Right. This this place seems nice. I like this place. (laughs) We like this place. Bernie, do you know literally everybody here? Fantastic. (laughs) But the bias was so strong, they don't think that they could have a jury at all that would convict him of the murder. Or at least if they did convict him, they would be very light on the sentencing. Yeah. So they asked for a change of venue. So they moved it to St. Augustine. But it did not bode well for T.D., obviously. So on February 9th, 1999, the jury convicted T.D. of murder. On February 11th, he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 2027. So that's Free cool. Bernie. Yeah. yeah. But fast forward to 2011, the movie Bernie, directed by Richard Linklater, and starring Jack Black is released, and interest is sparked again for the unusual case of T.D. Mm-hmm. The movie is extremely interesting. I watched it. It's a really good dark it, comedy. It's really good. It's pretty great. And Jack Black's really good about like displaying just how like loving or supposedly loving T.D. was. There's always like a weird like scurrying expression you know what i mean like he's really good at being like hi i'm jack black but also i'm fucking nuts right always on the yeah. move kind of yeah thing. yeah true. and i feel like that kind of perfectly sums it up have you seen the the polka king i think is the name of it. yes i love that movie okay so kind of the same thing he plays a a real life individual who was the polka king of pennsylvania or whatever and basically started this giant ponzi scheme it's so good and jenny slate's Be- in it too because he's so fucking huh. likable yeah. Like, that's the whole... He just takes a bunch of old people for a bunch of money. It's literally the same movie, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't seen the other movie. He but... doesn't kill anybody in that movie, though. He doesn't, but he and does... And also, he doesn't have a weird accent in this movie. <laughs> so he's just Jack Black. He's... <laughs> I mean, yes. The the weird, like, half-assed Polish accent was really weird. That, that movie, movie was, was really so awkward. odd. It was pretty funny, yeah, it though. it was. But anyway, sorry to digress on that, but... It's okay. So, Austin attorney... Jody Cole saw the movie, which prompted her to begin investigating T.D.'s case. She argued T.D. had been sexually abused as a child 
and felt trapped in a mentally abusive relationship with Nugent. Hmm. So that made him do it, obviously. Okay. So a psychiatrist um, t- testified in at a 2014 court hearing that T.D. likely had a brief disassociative episode when he killed her. These arguments persuaded Danny Buck Davidson, the district attorney, who originally won T.D.'s murder conviction in life sentence to support T.D.'s release on the grounds that he should have been sentenced instead for murder as a second-degree felony, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison, not life in prison. Mm-hmm. So which he changed already served, his... like, a chunk of. So, so yeah. it was, it was first-degree murder that he was actually sentenced to. Yes. Sentenced for. So, okay. So it just seems weird that the district attorney just changes his stance on it after he already won the case. Was it an election year? I don't know. I mean, because that, that's the thing. is like Maybe. if you get people riled up about enough stuff and you still are having him serve 20 years when he's not really a threat to anybody, like, that's a good way of being like, look how flexible. And I listen to my public, but also this guy's still in jail. Like, it's kind of. Right. So So was he, did they appeal it? Was he released? What? what he was released. On? Interesting, right? Is he still around? Hey. I'm getting to it, Shelby. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so getting e- to it. I'm so excited for the culmination <laughs> of the story. My bad. So to further add to the case's oddity, one of the conditions that TD's release was he must live with Richard Linklater, who was the director of the movie. Weird, right? And that he needed... Well, he lived in Austin, so it wasn't like super weird, like he was in California or something, but... You just live in his house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had like a garage apartment or something. I don't know. And I guess during the movie, they had had a lot of interaction with Bernie and going to see him all the time. And he was, I guess, one of the people that, you know, reached out and helped him during the release. Well, they did that during, like, during the movie, Jack Black helped do fundraisers for his legal defense, too. Like, everybody that was involved with him for the movie, like, was in Bernie's corner. Right. I understand that. So it's it's weird. It's just weird that they were like, by the way, you have to live with the director of the movie about you. Yeah. That's yeah. a really weird thing to throw in there. Well, but... I think he, the director probably was like, okay, I will volunteer my house for you to stay in. Because they probably were like, you're not about to just, you know, live He's without out. any sort of supervision. Yeah. Sure. Murdered somebody. But anyway, so he was required to seek psychological help, forbidden to speak to the media, and was not allowed access to any weapons. Technically, he's obviously. living with the media. Sort Movies are of, still media. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yes, but also it's media that already supported him. That's so true. That's something. So following a new sentencing trial in 2016, jurors deliberated for around four, four and a half hours and sentenced TD to 99 years to life in prison. Holy so fuck. he got released for like two years, had the sentencing again, the resentencing, and then he still got life in prison. Weird. So that was all for nothing. That is weird. That's huh. really weird. Yeah, I'd never heard of a case where they... Yeah. That's really strange. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was strange that he was released. I didn't think that they did that often for murderers. Well, they don't do it often, and mm-hmm. it's even less likely that I would think that it would go back to trial after that. And that he would go back to jail. Well, yeah. Right. You let him out for two years. What the fuck? Well, That's... I think they let him out on like kind of like a bail like until the hearing, the resentencing hearing. Hey, you can leave, I guess. As so... long as you are... 
with that That's director. not the way that works, I know. Though. It well, just seems I, super weird. I mean, that oddly does make sense, though, that they made him live with Linkletter at that point. Yeah. Because there is some, I mean... He has a vested interest in... In him not bailing. Yeah. At least, I mean, for yeah. one thing, but it's kind of a supervised parole thing where you don't yeah. really need like, a probation officer. You're literally not on probation. You're just out for a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird deal. That's, that's something I don't know that I've ever actually heard of before. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of the story guys. So he's in jail. He's in jail. Forever. He's back in jail. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. All right. Well, it's Texas. At least they didn't kill him. That's actually fair. That's so. true. It wasn't premeditated. So if it had been, maybe. Hmm. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed us this evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.